episode 63 of the Motorific Podcast. Thank you for waiting. Sorry we were a little bit late. We will have a exciting update as to why 63 was delayed, as well as a couple of news stories, some gear news. I think this episode we're going to talk quite a bit about different gear-related topics, including um, the bell helmet that Christy likes to wear and how that really worked for her this week. And then we're talking about boots and ankle protection. We're going to talk about more helmets and things. And then we'll throw out a couple of recalls. And I've got a bike update. And I also went riding, so I'll throw that out there. And then I got a really great email from a reader with a gear question. So I definitely want to give everybody, um, we'll give all the ladies out there some ideas for that. And that should do it for this episode. So let's let's start with some news stories. Um, why don't we start with Chris? What is this? Crash test dummies? What is that? <laughs> that would be me. Oh, it's you. Okay. Well, do you want to start with? Why don't we start with you, and then we can roll into the gear from that. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. So, so my intention this weekend on Sunday was just to go out on a fun little ride, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, mm-hmm see some uh, some of the poppies at the antelope valley poppy reserve okay and did you I go solo that, no went with a friend okay. and had heard that the poppies were yeah maybe 30 to 40 percent or so going mm-hmm. so i thought yeah well this weekend would be a good weekend to just get out of town so off we went i had breakfast with his family at uh, at a place called hideaway cafe which is actually a tiny restaurant mom and pop kind of off the beaten path and i would all say that they filmed the geico commercial i don't know if you've seen the uh. geico where they pull up to a, a kind of an old tiny cafe mm-hmm. anyway um started there and carried off uh with my friend out towards the antelope valley did uh, a little bit of off-road not anything too extreme got a couple of views uh saw a rattlesnake saw some uh, poppies really nice you wouldn't even imagine that you're that close to la i mean it was maybe only like an hour and some change out from where i'm at so after say the last picture where i shot my bike in the background uh with the poppies and kind of an expansive flat plain filled with wildfires Mm -hmm. i have no recollection of what happened i don't even know where i crashed but uh, is far as is what we've briefly discussed because i have no recollection and can't remember what happened and we were going to kind of sit down sometime over the next like week or two to maybe figure out what it is that went wrong because of course that's something i always like doing when something happens that i can Mm -hmm. learn from um at this point i just want to get better which you know now i'm feeling a lot better than i did but anyway so the way i understand it is that I hit a patch of sand and buried the front, tried to fix that problem, failed at it, got bounced off the motorcycle, my mm. uh, F650 GS, mm. and landed on my head and my shoulder. Mm. And the bike really missed me. And so, as I think the popular turn of phrase goes, if you love it, set it free. And if it comes back to you, you high sided. <laughs> So basically, I landed on the ground, and then my bike landed on top of me. Mm. 
But it so have you ever tried to catch a flying BMW? Jesus. Wait, I don't. Wait, but you said it. it missed you though. So Mm-mm. no, it landed on me. <laughs> what part of you? She missed me. Um, all I know is his description of when he stopped his bike and came over to me was that I was making a uh yeah. sound, and one leg was twisted in there. I guess I the. So, Let's see. The bike was completely on top of me. One leg was inside the engine guard mm. and off in one direction. And then one leg was like underneath the bike mm. completely. And he pulled the bike off of me. And I guess I, if I did black out, it was very briefly because mm-hmm. by the time he got to me, I was talking to him and mm-hmm. he said, I seemed pretty lucid. So we That's... picked things up and carried on. Yeah. And yeah. he had said the position that I was in was just so completely contorted that he was mm-hmm. absolutely certain I had broken my leg. Mm. And that's at, at that point in the description is where I said, okay, so you didn't just walk up to me and ask me if I was okay and then stop and take a couple pictures. He <laughs> just like, as a, as a true gentleman, pulls the bike off of me. And then, oh, of course, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. If I was in some super crazy position, you should have taken me. <laughs> as long as I'm not dead. <laughs> so, no. so at any rate, I, I had to ride another, I don't know, mile or two in dirt before we got to the highway. And when we reached the highway... So you got up. Wait. So you got up and then got back on and rode a little Mm -hmm. further. So you were. You remember that part? No. No. You don't remember riding any of this. I don't even. I remember the last photo I took in my camera and my my Canon and my iPhone. And then that's that's it. Too weird. Okay. Yeah. So I don't remember the before, the during, or the after. Okay. So. I don't even know where I crashed. So I carried mm-hmm. on for a mile, stopped at the highway, and then he looks over at me, and I just start laughing maniacally. And at mm-hmm. that point, he thought, yeah, something might be wrong with her. So he called his wife, who came out. Oh, with especially a, if you land uh, on your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I was lucid, and I didn't break anything. That doesn't so I probably mean thought anything. I was just amazing. That doesn't mean anything. Hey. People, if you land so, on your head, you got to go see a doctor. Well, this is true. Mm-hmm. So he called his wife, mm-hmm. who came out with their uh, their SUV, and since the the motor skills portion of my brain was still fully functional because I could still ride off road, but didn't know who I was or where I was, mm-hmm. I followed her, and then he followed me. So it was like a caravan going down okay. the highway to the nearest Kaiser Hospital. Okay. So at that point, we got there. I checked in. They asked me some basic questions, and then I started asking qu- the same questions, like, over and over again. Yep. So at that point, they're like, yeah, something might be wrong with her. So, you know, go ahead and wait in the waiting room. And in which case, uh, I was there for about, well, I don't know, six hours. It was just, a, it, it was an absurd amount of time. The, in the, the waiting room? Yeah. Just the waiting room? Uh, five hours in the waiting room. Oh and then the God. last hour, I think, was devoted to... Uh, getting a CT scan and having them take vitals. So there was a couple GSWs and some, uh, well, some stab wounds that came in before me. They kind of took precedence over the girl who is somewhat coherent uh, with a brain injury. Still. So needless to say, I have no interest in moving out to Lancaster anytime soon. And 
at that point, uh, a friend had come and brought his truck and they loaded my bike into his truck and nice. he took me back. And by the time we got to my house, I rode the bike up the driveway and then basically uh, a mild concussion and my foot was sore, but nothing was broken or hurt or, mm -hmm. you know, strained. And I have like a raspberry on my hip and then... Mm -hmm. Um, there's an area on my hip where the bike landed that I'm kind of sore, but waiting for the bruise to, to show up because it should be pretty, pretty nifty. But, you know, the next morning I woke up, I had a, a pretty good headache, which mm -hmm. I expected landing on my head and took about 1200 milligrams of Advil. And then yesterday, 600 and today, nothing. So, so you didn't break you know, anything. No, good. surprisingly enough. No. Yeah. And, and on the bike, no less, um, because yeah. I caught it, <laughs> because I broke its fall, uh -huh. there were only a couple of scratches on the mm. fairing, and they were, they're not too bad. They're, they're pretty skinny. They're not like big scrapes out of it like the last time. Exactly. And the, the, the lens cover on the turn indicator, the clear cover that screws in, that protects the bulb, that's broken. So I got to get another one of those. Mm. So... I think the hospital bill is going to be like a thousand times bigger than, than the actual bill for fixing the bike. But we'll, uh, we'll see about that since there's a couple of routine maintenance things I could probably do on the BMW. Isn't your insurance covered? Don't you have like a hospital deductible, like an ER deductible or something? I, I do, but I've never had a CT scan before. I've, I've never been in there for anything serious. Mm. I mean, when I wrenched my back, it was an ER visit, which is like a couple hundred bucks. Mm. And you know, whatever x-rays, but, uh, CTs, I, it seems like it sounds expensive. So we'll see how that shakes uh, out. I guess it depends on your insurance. I had an MRI and it was free. It was in my insurance, oh. but it depends. Nice. Yeah. Well, I uh, thought Kaiser does a lot of stuff, but oh, so your bike's good. At, mm, yeah. So bike's still good. rideable. Okay. Second, second crash. Still was uh. able to ride away. And, uh, you know, rattled the cage a little bit, scrambled the eggs, but uh, so far so good. I went to work the next day, kind of very woke up when the I... The next day? Yeah, well, Monday, you know. I, I woke up, I had a headache, you know, I very slowly got breakfast, slowly took a shower, mm. you know, got my stuff together, probably showed up around 10.30, 11 o'clock, and, you know, I was... My motor skills are pretty solid. It was just the fact that I didn't want to stay at home alone mm. and risk there be something wrong with me that I'm not going to pick up because I'm mm. not aware of Good it. Good point. And if I'm around people who Good point. know my personality and know my speech patterns and, you know, what I'm working on technically, then they'll be able to pick up pretty fast if there's something wrong. That so. makes sense. So far, so good. But because I got out of the ER at 930, couldn't really record. <laughs> Joanne was having lots of sweet dreams by that point. Well, I was... Um, <laughs> I was thinking like, hmm, I haven't heard from her. So then I checked Facebook. I was like, well, maybe she's like riding or just doing something fun or something. And then I saw your photo. I'm like, oh, boy. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm overdue. It's been four years now. Five years. It'll be. What? Well, I went seven without my six. first accident. Oh, God. It'll be six in October since my last accident. I feel like I'm way overdue. 
I went, no, wait, hold on. It was 2013, started riding seven. Yeah, six, six years. And now we're at eight. Wait, but the so... deer, no, but the deer was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I was at six years in. So I went oh. from zero to six with no accident. And then oh. now at eight, I have my second. Which, I mean, mm. this one, totally my fault. Like, I'm not blaming anything other than sure. apparently I thought I was doing fine and somehow screwed it up. And if I can learn from it, great. Otherwise, I'll just be really happy that I wore uh, the correct gear and landed uh, just right, which, you know, on my head, I guess is pretty solid. So getting on to the gear portion of the exercise, um, I wear my Bell RS1, which is a full-faced uh, full helmet by Bell. And I love that helmet because it's so easy to take apart and wash the interior. And they have a lovely transition lens that's kind of helpful when I don't want to lug around two different ones, even though the transition is still at its darkest, not dark enough for me. So I still wear mm. my Ray-Bans underneath it. Mm. But um, that helmet is uh, my favorite helmet up against the Schubert, and I wear it mm. on all the press events. And a couple weeks before, I dropped it and broke that little back vent mm. and contacted uh, one of my friends who used to work for Bell to find out whether or not they sold a, a kit to replace some of the you know broken plastics. I thought they do. They do. And you wouldn't find it on Bell's website, though. So I finally found the replacement parts through Bell, but it was off of a, a different website and just installed them Saturday night. Just installed the piece that broke off that was the top vent in the back. Which, by the way, it was only 25 bucks. Is so. what you want to have happen on your helmets, whatever brand it is. You want the bits to fall off if you crash on them. They're not designed to hold up to for a tumble. They, they're just sticky taped on, they pop mm. right off. Because if you tumble this... and catch something, you don't want that sticking out. Yeah, this the back vent had little little pegs that fit in the hole, but mm -hmm. when you bought the replacement piece, they're assuming the pegs might get stuck, so they give you sticky tape. Mm -hmm. So I literally made the helmet look as best as it possibly could be on Saturday, and then crashed on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So the helmet is for. now... Exactly. The helmet is now officially retired. Mm -hmm. So that helmet will not be used for anything other than something creative and decorative, which I've yet to determine. And I will be getting another helmet. Thankfully, I always have two. So I have the, the shoe berth until I commit to another helmet. I guess technically I have the, the Bell off-road helmet too. So if I ran out and got a pair of goggles, I could actually wear that in a pinch. Hmm. But um, needless to say, uh, huge fan of Bell, huge fan of Showy. If you have a, I don't know, what kind of head do I have? You're good at this. So I think you should probably consider a showy since the rs1 fit you you should consider an rf 1200 um or yeah, i won't probably be getting a showy but i'm just saying what's the shape of my head you have like a phrase don't I'd say, you i'd say intermediate you're in the intermediate oval okay yeah i knew there was like a a, a shape a showing but such a great helmet if you have an intermediate oval i can tell you right now that i can uh, more or less fit the shoe berth. That one took a little, the C3, not the women's, the regular C3, took a little adjustment for me in like the forehead, but it doesn't, you know, hurt me anymore. It was just a, a momentarily, you know, maybe the first week. Wait, turn your head sideways. You know, you could probably even fit a long oval. 
you're intermediate to long oval, I would say. Yeah. Like, so you could fit into an Arai in a Signet Q or hmm. a RF-1200. Yeah, um, never tried the Arai before. but should, if you get a chance. Yeah. Yeah, so mm. I guess I have a pretty popular face because I consider it pretty nice that I can fit into a Schubert, a Bell, and a, a mm -hmm. showing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But any of those brands, pretty happy with. I'll probably get another Bell. But um, until that point, yeah. it did its job. It protected me. Um, having a concussion is totally, you know, predictable for the kind of landing that I did. You're going to shake your eggs if you... Oh. Do you do you have any visible? What does the helmet look like? Does it have? There a... are no marks on it. I landed in sand. Oh, that's right. If I landed on the street, uh, that might have been a little different story. Yeah. I don't really oh, care to find sand. out the outcome. Landing head first in asphalt. Got it. But I can tell you that all of the muscles on my neck, like if you go to a a, a gym and you do like lots of push-ups where you're stressing your your neck, like holding your head up when you're doing crunches, and you can feel all those muscles kind of get a little tense mm -hmm. that's how my neck has been the last couple of days it doesn't hurt but i definitely like i think all of you my muscles have some just whiplash kind of... that's like the whiplash i think because that's where i had it when i uh both times when i was rear-ended well besides the rest of my body but around my neck a little bit on the top just because my head whipped back kind of hard and then the first time when i when someone put you know basically shoved me off into the garden into the sidewalk where there was um uh what is what do painters put up to paint things you know big poles and they put scaling or whatever up to oh paint. scaffolding okay scaffolding and that that even though it was only slow it was enough to like it whipped my head back a little and then it, it was sore the, the whole night and next day it doesn't take much like you don't have to be going 60 you know what I mean? To like really feel that whiplash. Just just the fact that your head bonked probably was enough to strain your neck muscles. And hopefully by tomorrow. Is it gone? I mean, is it still feeling so? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not like it hurts. It's just. It was uh, just strained. You can, yeah, you yeah. can just feel, oh, yeah. it's kind of like I did a whole bunch of crunches and I didn't have my neck in the right position. So, uh, you know, shoulder, not really sore anymore. Um, head stopped hurting today. So. Mm. Uh, all in all, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, my jacket uh, was the Revit, the Legacy how GTX. That, how did that turn out? Just fine. Okay. There's nothing wrong with the jacket That's right. At all. It was sand. It's, yeah. Barely got anything on it. My pants right. are completely dirty. Uh, eh, that was machine. the... Uh, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> Dainese uh, New Draggers. Oh. Yeah, washing machine. And that probably helped, too, because of all the pants that I have, uh, the... Revit Legacy GTX pant has just the articulated knee and the Dainese pant that I wear, the Drake Airs, just because they're a little more breathable, I knew it was going to be pretty hot and I know that the Drake Airs have that vent, so I decided to mix and match my wardrobe. Um, mm -hmm. The Dainese pants have that full knee all the way down the shin and yeah. I also wore the... Um, CD Gore-Tex Adventure mm -hmm. or Adventure GTX. And those boots, especially if you're a guy and you do any kind of, you know, dual sport or off-roading, you should mm. seriously seriously consider checking out 
the CD Adventure Cortex boot because I think it's actually something that Revzilla says on their website is like the premier mm-hmm. adventure boot, period, mm-hmm. bar yep. none. Yep. And I know this, of course, because I work with the, the boot expert, but um, I wanted something when I went to India that I could drop a motorcycle on and walk mm-hmm. away from. Mm-hmm. And there are very few boots on the market that have the kind of ankle protection to pull that off, especially with something big like a GS. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily mine so much as, you know, a 1200. So I went a little, you know, more than what I would normally pay on a boot to get that because I knew that, you know, once I got it, it's not going to fall apart. It's not going to be something that I'm going to replace, you know, every two years. It's comfortable. It's got a solid sole on it that's not going to disappear. It's not a thin sole. It's pretty mm-hmm. thick with the heel. And it's just, you know, I've been really happy with the the Fusion Lace, even even though it's a race boot and I kind of wear it as, a, as an all-purpose, so to speak. Yeah, it's a street um, boot. It's a really the, good street boot. The, the GTX has better ankle projection than that for sure, but I try to tell everybody to give it a try. I have a narrow 8.5 women's. And they sell the boot down to a 39 euro, which is what I usually am. Mm -hmm. And I actually went for the 40. So I wear the men's 40. There is is no ladies version, by the way. Exactly. Well, Mm -hmm. I just figured I'd stress to anyone listening that there is no women's boot, that you are going to be trying to get into a man's boot. Mm -hmm. And my first inclination was, this thing's going to be so wide. I'm going to have to wear just the thickest socks all the time. And in all honesty, I um, first thing I went out and got was a gel uh, Mm -hmm. insole Mm -hmm. and just popped it on top of the existing insole in the boot. Mm -hmm. And that by itself brought it up enough. I don't have a problem at all. So bar none, that boot has already served as a kickstand to prevent the Bonneville when I was in India from hitting the ground when I was trying to make a a quick turn maneuver and I had the handlebars cranked all the way they possibly could to to get out of a situation that realized it's probably not a great idea to have the handlebars completely tweaked and give it a little gas. So so I kind of did a did a little bit of a drop but managed to save it and save it in such a interesting position that my boot more or less looked a lot like a kickstand with my legs still in it and my knee was sore because you're just not supposed to bend that way but I did save the bike and the bike went back with no scratches on it so that is $550 boot strike one and then just recently of course the entire BMW landed on me and I looked like a pretzel stuck underneath my 650GS, and it landed on my ankle, and that is strike two, and I still do not need to go out and buy another boot. None of the buckles are tweaked. It's in perfect condition, as Mm -hmm. well as both of my ankles are just fine. Actually, the guy that I went riding with is going out and buying a pair of those. Nice. (laughs) As well nice. as, uh, oddly enough, uh, when I called the BMW dealership to arrange for them to take a look at the bike next week, mm-hmm. the uh, one of the gals that works there is going to also buy that boot. Because the last time I was in there, I just took my boot off. I'm like, hey, you know, we're friends. <laughs> if you want to try this boot while it's here, I mean, you're not going to be able to find. No store will stock no. a 39 and a 40. No. You won't find it. 
And so um, you're gonna have to go, and they're gonna have to special order it. So and what? yeah, yeah, no. And I, so she fit it. Yeah, good. She she's uh, shorter than you, <laughs> and she popped inside the boot and was like, "Yeah, no, this is perfect." Yeah, my coworker's Maybe. shorter than me, like half an inch. She wears a thirty-nine. It's not fair. Yeah. There's one thing I wish I had were bigger feet and bigger hands. <laughs> one thing, like one thing I do with that boot, what I show people is I'll put it, like I'll hold the boot in front of me like this, okay, with the toes for facing away from me. I I hold it between my knees, and I'll lean down and then just flex the boot forward, because all you can really do right is flex your foot, your knee forward and backward when you. You know, if you're just standing in the boot and then you kind of bend your knees all right, the boot kind of comfortably forces you to bend forward, right? So the hinge just makes you do that. You, If you try to physically twist the boot sideways, you can't. You can't at all. You can't twist it around. You can't make it flop left to right like um, your CD, other CDs, right? If you, you can totally flop those sideways. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, that's, you know, that pretty much shows anyone how much support ankle support you really get on that boot because there's rigidity on both sides but it starts in the back and wraps all the way around so it wraps around on both sides of your ankles and um, a lot of boots like sneakers and touring boots none of them prevent that full twisting motion because it's something usually you have to get on a race boot um, either a motocross race boot or just a full road race boot. Um, just because in the street world, it's it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And um, you should also look at the Dionese TRQs, TRQ Tour. If you go on Revzilla, they're awesome. They go to your size, 39. They're narrow. Uh, they would be the ideal street boot. So if you want something lighter, than your adventures because sometimes you need a street boot they offer the same kind of no twist protection that your cds offer so you can't twist in those they're gore-tex they don't have a race they're not a race fit they're street riding and touring fit so the mm -hmm. soles are really comfortable they're skywalk soles so you can actually walk around really comfortable in them they're thicker the tread is thicker too so they're not going to wear out in like one season um they're great. They're actually a really great ladies' boot. I wish they would make a 37 and a 38 because then I could sell more to women who are seven, six and a half like me. But um, yeah. they're great. That would be the alternative. That would be the street version. So that's something yeah. you'd want to someday upgrade your CDs to that because none of the CD Road ladies' boots offer that kind of protection. You are correct. They also um, have a RS out air. So that is your, that the RS out though is race. So the TRQ uh -huh. is specifically a touring and street boot. So the comfort is, is more street comfort, like walking, okay. a lot of walking. The, the uh, course out and then the torques are all race fit. So a little less comfort walking, but more shin protection, but they use the same ankle. So if yeah. you're, if you're at least a ladies seven and a half, eight, you have to be at least a seven, eight. I would say eight because it's a 39 European and that's really an eight and a half bordering nine, um, yeah. depending on your foot. You want those TRQ tours. They're awesome too, because uh, they're a little skinnier around the ankles. And one, one thing that's hard about wearing men's boots often um, 
not all the time, but a lot of the times is the ankles are very big and the calf spaces are really big. So even though your feet fit in the footbed and in the narrow part or the, you know, the, the ball of your foot fits in the length, oftentimes your ankles are swimming in the boot and your calves are also, the calf space is really big. You know, unless you have issues, if you, you know, have a really hard time finding um, boots to fit your calves, then that's certainly a separate fit issue. And men's boots are great. And today, in fact, I sold a woman a pair of men's Alpenstar's web touring boots in men's 38 because they fit her beautifully. But um, the generally, a lot of the guys' boots are a bigger all around. But the TRQ is different because it's Dionese. And just like all Dionese clothes, they're just, everything runs a little on the lean side. Um, their gloves too are great for women as well. If you if you want a race glove, like a real race glove, you can do that too. Just a lot of good I options. have their metal pros that I took with me to oh, India. Oh, that's right. And actually, they handled just great. They were maybe a mm -hmm. little bit big, but yeah. with the, a little rain that I wasn't intending on, they shrunk down a little bit. So there you go. Yeah. And okay. yeah, so I mean, I CD doesn't pay me anything to to go crazy about their boots i will tell uh, you that they don't there pay are us very anything. few products on the market that i will talk about all day long until i'm blue in the face and that is by far one of them that i am absolutely a huge fan of the cd product and will probably stay that way for a while i love my feet and my ankles i need to walk mm -hmm. i like to walk yep. i also like to ride yep so you know head protection ankle protection yep. that's two of the things you just can't you yep. know get enough of and a lot of the times like you're not even uh you're not really like you're not even vulnerable with um well sometimes not all the time but you know sometimes you're you're not even concerned with your feet twisting around or or tumbling it, it could just be your bike landing on you or your bike falling on you that's enough to crush your ankles and crush your feet you need protection the, i was gonna say yeah. especially if the foot peg hits you just in the right spot right that just your bike it's in it in and of itself is a very heavy thing you know if you're riding anything over a 250 even at a 250 it's it's still a heavy object that's a few hundred pounds three to seven, 800 pounds, and it could fall on you because, I don't know, there's oil in the parking lot. And that that's something that you're vulnerable from the get-go. And it's not about you going fast. It's not about you racing down the highway. It's it's that you're sitting on something that weighs like 500 pounds and at any moment it could hurt you, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's just the nature of, of riding, so. Yeah, it's important to to try to gear up before you absolutely have to. So we will post links to these wonderful products. And then um, uh, speaking of gear, so I'll send a link. I just had another email. I, I don't post all of them enough, but I got an email from a reader who wanted recommendations for plus size sporty leather jackets. So um, that's on my blog right now. It's my most recent post. And um, she just was looking for recommendations based on her measurements. And she was not an easy to fit. And there aren't enough options out there, certainly. Um, so I wanted to share that. And we'll send another link to that. Her name was also Joanne, too. And she, <laughs> and she bought a street triple. Speaking of bikes, like she went out and bought one 
had it lowered and uh, is just starting out. So she she needed that for her. And then speaking of more gear, uh, we also, what is this you're sharing with me? The new Touratech helmet. All right, tell us about that. Well, I'm still kind of sorting this out because my mm -hmm. one of the owners of my company happened to chat me up about helmets. Mm. And he was telling me that he was upgrading his Icon Armada to Good. a new Touratech helmet. Okay. It's like, oh, Touratech makes helmets now? And he described his helmet. I'm like, Not man, really. I gotta go home and take a look at this thing because this sounds pretty nuts. Basically, it's set up like a dirt, like off-road helmet with the visor and the mm -hmm. dark shield. Yep. And you, without any tools, can completely pop off mm -hmm. that dirt kind of visor. Mm -hmm. And you can also take off the shield. And everything's all interchangeable. So it's either a full face helmet without the extra shield that points out with the, the visor, clear visor, or you have the clear visor and the oh God, dirt kind of wind fairing you've got going on there, or yeah. you can put on goggles and take the visor off. So I just thought that was kind of neat. And you don't really yeah. need any crazy tools to make that happen. They have a pin lock visor as well. Um, it's really lightweight. It's only a, I mean, I don't know the weights of different helmets, but a medium helmet is three pounds. Three point, let's see. Medium is 3.03 .03 pounds. What is that in ounces? Three pounds? It's probably like three pounds in an ounce or something like that or whatever. Um, but the thing, the thing about carbon, oh, by the way, this helmet is made by Nex. Carbon USA. fiber. Yeah. Um, Touratech doesn't make their helmet, but Nex makes it for them. And they're Portuguese. They're based in Portugal. We're, I th we actually carry Nex helmets again. Um, they make a lot of, they make a full carbon fiber helmet. They make a carbon fiber street helmet also. And, uh, and a carbon fiber touring helmet, I believe. And then they have like their blended carbon fiber, aramid, uh, fiberglass blended helmets. So yeah, the carbon fibers are light, but, um, they're not like a pound lighter. Yeah, the Touratech helmet is made by Nex USA, and they uh, they actually make some really nice lightweight helmets. But uh, what I wanted to say about carbon fiber is you don't you only lose like four ounces, three or four ounces. You're not losing a pound of weight. Really great helmets like Arise, Showies, they're three pounds six ounces, seven eight. Like three pounds, I'd say three pounds six to ten ounces is about average for really lightweight uh, fiberglass. Uh, blended helmets from premium brands like the Scorpion R2000 or, um, you know, the Shoei RF1200 or an Arai Signet. So you lose, you do lose a few ounces, but the downside to carbon is it cannot, it can take one good impact in one place, but it can't take another hit in the same place. So that's good or bad for some people. I don't know. I feel like when you tumble, you're probably not going to impact in the same place again. You know, if you crash, you're going to be hitting all different places on the helmet. But that is one vulnerability of carbon fiber is it's good the first hit. But if it, it has to hit, a, if it has to be impacted again in the same place, it doesn't, it can't take it again. 
That's so are you talking like, for example, uh, a light fall where you're not moving very hard and you kind of don't think, ah, in a normal helmet, I would probably just wear it again. It wasn't a big deal. Or if you drop right. it, like, you know, from standing, are you saying no, that if... No, not dropping. It's it's like, it just impact. If Well, first of all, your head has to be in the helmet for mm -hmm. it to compromise anything. So dropping doesn't really do anything. However, okay. you know, if you fall off, if you crash and your head somehow impacts the same spot on a carbon fiber helmet, the second time, the carbon fiber can't take that hit again. It's not designed to absorb the impact again in the same place on the surface of the helmet. It'd be, gotcha. It would have to be, to me it's kind of awkward, like someone taking a hammer and hitting you, <laughs> knocking on your helmet in the same place. Because I never, when I have a good crash, and by definition of a good crash, I mean my head Tumble. really hurts and I'm going to the ER, yeah. I don't ever use my helmet again, period. Right, but I mean in the same in instance. I'm talking about like in a singular event, like oh, you tumble gotcha. or I don't know. It would have to be, that's the thing, a weird, gotcha. to me it's a weird, it would be a weird circumstance for you to hit the same place on your head two times in one accident, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? You bounce around usually and you like, you tend to hit in multiple places on a helmet. But anyway, that's the one vulnerability of carbon fiber. However, you know, if you're trying to save weight, uh, you can still certainly do that on something that isn't carbon fiber. So I just want people to know that they're not, you're not saving like that much weight. And the helmet I want is three pounds, five ounces. Wow. It's only four ounces heavier because I got a tiny head. I got an extra small pinhead. So another cool little widget that they have in there is that they have two little emergency um, cheek pad removal tabs. Yeah. Emergency yeah. cheek pad removal. A lot of helmets have that. Never, never heard of a helmet with that. Well, because yours doesn't have it, right? The RS1 doesn't have that. No, none of my helmets have ever had that. The yeah, like a lot of them are having it. Rise doing it now. Showy's doing it a lot. I think Scorpion does. It's a new thing. Yeah. Better people are putting in their helmets. Yeah. So of course that that was kind of cool. Although I I do see here it says includes action camera mount surfaces for top and both sides, and I have to say eh, uh, I don't really know whether or not that's a good idea. But yeah. then again. They probably were designing this helmet long before the Schumacher accident came into play. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, and, if you don't, you know, if you don't want it, if you don't follow current events, and it's somewhat current, I'd say within the last couple of months, maybe those findings have come out. Mm -hmm. Michael Schumacher, who raced cars, correct? Yeah. Um was wearing a, a helmet with uh, with a camera on it when he crashed skiing. And he had sustained, and, and I think to this point, they haven't even said exactly how bad it is. Mm -hmm. But he survived, but uh, he had a severe brain injury. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of months, it's come out that they're pretty sure that the reason why his helmet didn't hold up was because he had a camera mounted on it. And what happened was when he hit the tree or whatever object he hit, it hit the camera first. Mm. And then because it was a small point against the helmet, that shattered the helmet. Mm. So 
as much as anyone would love to film off their helmet, I'm super reluctant. Like I, if I had to put a camera on my body, I'd rather take it to the chest than, yes. than Chesty. have any. Yeah. yeah. And even then, if I land on my chest, it's not going to feel very good, but uh, no. I, I definitely will refrain from mounting any cameras, bike. Uh, regardless <laughs> of what kind of camera, if it's a GoPro or a, or a bullet camera, yeah, um, I won't be putting any cameras on my helmet. No, I'll put it on the bike. Like last time we did it, we put it on the handlebar. You can mount it on the handlebar. Um, but one thing about this helmet too, and just in general, is you know, this helmet's an ECE standard dual sport adventure helmet. And I really recommend going with a snow rated helmet if you're going to do a lot of highway. And you're going to spend a lot of time at high speed. Um, you're not just doing dirt. You're actually on the pavement. You're going to ride maybe an hour. I don't know, maybe two or whatever. And then you're going to go off-road. And if you're mixing it up like that, a snow-rated helmet gives you far more protection for highway speed and just high-speed riding. Because um, generally speaking, EC certifications are they're softer shells for lower-speed impacts and more localized riding, urban riding, you know, city riding, around not the high-speed, super-high-impact levels that a Snell standard will give you. Just something to think about when you're looking at these helmets. But it is a really nice lightweight helmet with a lot of fun widgets and, you know, nifty features. Um, and Nex is a nice, it's a nice company. Uh, um, by that same regard, uh -huh. so is Schubert. Yeah, it is. It No, it, it totally is. And I... That's probably why my Schubert has been on my helmet for a year. I haven't been wearing it. But Interesting. also because it's a little big. It's a hair. It's like this tiny... Most people wouldn't notice, but I notice because I hate when my helmets don't fit perfect. Like, I need a perfect 10 out of 10 fit, and a 9 isn't good enough for me anymore. And um, it, it, that's more the reason why I don't wear it because it's just it's a little big, and it drives me nuts. Just that like slight couple millimeter fit difference, it drives me crazy. So I stopped wearing it for that reason too. But I, I mean, I still think it's a nice modular. If you want a modular, it's a really great helmet. But if you don't need a modular, I would really encourage you to go full face and stick with the snow rated helmet just to get maximum protection in case of just the craziest, the wor you know, worst possible outcome, which is, I think, I feel like that's how you should ride, you know, it's how you should prepare, because you just don't know, so all you can do is prepare as much as you can afford, and as much as you're willing, you know what I mean, to go, so I just decided I'm going to stick with a snow rated helmet, and I also like how small and tiny the showy is that I want to get. So just my two cents on helmets these days. But also the other thing too is for me that really, um, really kind of cemented this for me is when I went for, I think I talked about this in a previous episode. I went on a really long ride, a thousand miles in my Arai, and then I did another thousand, like 1400 mile weekend in the showy, like back to back one, you know, one month and then the next month. 
And after I did that, I realized I can't wear a rise anymore because they just don't fit me as well as showies do. And the shoe birth had the same issue. Like it wasn't fitting me correctly at the very end of the long day. And I, to me, an, a great helmet at, at the end of an eight hour day where you've ridden 350 miles, your helmet should feel great. You shouldn't even re notice that you still have your helmet on and you shouldn't have any issues like, wow, my head hurts up here or, you know, whatever is driving me crazy. Nothing should drive you crazy. And there were just too many things about those two helmets that were driving me crazy with the fit at the very end of a long, long day. I never noticed it until I did those long rides. And then now I can't wear anything else but these damn showies. <laughs> because they just fit that much better. So for me, that was really the main, like the huge thing, like the light really went off and I, I had to convert because of that primarily. But I've also just decided that I, w I would rather have a snow rated helmet for that level of protection. And that's a personal choice you make. You decide what you want for you and what you're willing to risk and what you feel is the best. So everyone has an opinion and go with what works for you. That's me. Um, and I suppose something else I can talk about that's mm -hmm. helmet related yeah. was uh, Anna, one of our listeners, who has a product that she sent me. Mm. Um, it's called Racy Baby. Uh, okay. It's R-A-C-I uh, slash or dash rather R-A-C-I dash B-A-B-I dot com. Okay. And this was back at the time. It's been a while, so I apologize to Anna for, for taking my sweet time in turning this kind of discussion around. But it was when I was complaining about my hair always being oily and not being able to take out the liners of the helmets fast enough to clean them. Okay. And granted, my skin is very oily, so that's not going to change. And no matter what I do, unless I pull my bangs back, in which case when I take my helmet or anything off they're not going to have they're not going to have that forward motion that they currently have right now yes um the the bangs are always going to be oily because any cover that i have will still push my bangs against my forehead and that's mm -hmm. my problem but she sent me a um a helmet liner as well as one for longer hair so there's mm -hmm. one that is a wicket helmet liner that is just a short kind of skull cap mm -hmm that you can put on underneath and mm -hmm. it's very thin and that I actually found to be way better for me than the long version which is for long hair and you can kind of tie off your hair at the base of your at the base of your helmet hmm. there was a lot more fabric in that and when I put my helmets on the amount of free space I have is so limited that even with just a touch of extra fabric, I would get a headache or feel pressure points. Hmm. So that was a little troublesome for me. But her Wicket helmet liner, I would just kind of pull over my head and put my helmet on. And that kind of prevented me from having to wash the liner uh, of the helmet as frequently. I think I was probably doing it, if I was going on, if I was commuting daily to work, I would probably have to wash it at least once a week. Mm -hmm. And now I can go for a couple weeks and just wash the the little, um, mm -hmm. the Wicket helmet liner. Oh, yeah. So skull definitely cap. recommend 
if you have a similar problem and you don't want to keep pulling the contents of your helmet apart, if you have a shoe berth, you probably feel my pain because it is quite a bit of an exercise to be able to make that happen. And uh, at any rate, the website again is raci-babi.com. Does this help at all with helmet hair? Like with, so when you take that cap off, does it look like you've been wearing a helmet? Like, do you think your hair sits any better than if it weren't wearing one? It's, it's not so much the squished part because my hair is super flat anyway. Okay. So you're not going to be able to tell that. Okay. But it keeps it from being oily hmm. because I understand my bangs will always be oily because they're sitting against my forehead and I'm not going to pull them back. Oh. But basically from the bang backward, like my crown, like all of that would be oily hmm. because I am by nature super oily. So does the, the cap like absorb that or does it just somehow prevent buildup? Like, you know, it, it could absorb it. Hmm. I don't really know how that works. So whatever. But I can tell you that the material in my helmet is uh -huh. very absorbent. That yeah. very soft yeah. material. And mm -hmm. so that, the liner, will definitely absorb um, the oils from my scalp. Okay. But this liner does not. Oh. So. Interesting. That's the cool. Wicket liners are sixteen ninety five, nice. and the larger, um, the larger do rag, if you will, is uh, thirty nine ninety five. Nice. But I really enjoyed the the helmet liner that worked out well for me. Nice. If you are a police officer and happen to listen to the podcast. The Kawasaki Concourse 14 police bike mm. has a couple of electrical uh, problems. The mm. Concourse 14 and 14 ABS, um, apparently the added police accessories may have the, uh, maybe a little too much for the 30 amp fuse, uh, causing some issues there leading to a short circuit. And, uh, because blowing that main fuse uh, will cause the engine to stall, your risk of a crash is increased. So they are recalling uh, uh, just under 200 units. So mm -hmm. if you happen to know of someone or are a police officer that has a new concourse, mm -hmm. you might want to take a look at that. And as well, the 2015 Indian Scout has a, an issue with the rear brakes master cylinder, which can have a decrease in braking performance or a loss in braking power. So that Already? affects 800 <laughs> units of the company's uh, output for 2015. Ouchie. So speaking of motorcycles, we'll close with this last update. So if I'm lucky, Sunday will be the big day that I get to bring my bike home um, I think we talked a little bit about it a few weeks ago. I found this bike. I've been watching it on Craigslist. Actually, it's still on Craigslist. I think he just forgot to take it. I don't know when he'll take it down. Hmm. Um, who knows? So it's, it's pretty much a done deal. I just need to test ride it and make sure I, I, you know, it feels good. Um, and it's, everything is the, what is the way he says it is. You know, just got to make sure he's not 
you know, lying about, I don't know, mileage or there are a couple scuffs on this bike. So, you know, look at those, make sure there aren't any big dents or anything. Um, but it's pretty much like pretty much a done deal. I'm going to go over there Sunday uh, at noon, check it out, take it home, go riding Monday. I don't know. We'll see. Depending on the weather, it's going to be cold on Sunday. I think the high is 45. <laughs> so before I leave, I will install my heated jacket harness so I can at least stay warm on the way home. Um, but I'm very, very close to bringing home my bike. I've been waiting five years for this moment. Six. Um, no, you have not been waiting that long for that moment. Oh, I've been waiting for this particular bike for that long. I've wanted it. I wanted Why did you bike. waste your time on another SV then? Because it was half as cheap. Because uh -huh. <laughs> it's 50% cheaper. And I couldn't afford uh -huh. a bike of this. This is the most expensive bike I've ever purchased. Like I've never spent more than $3,500 on a motorcycle. Oh, I will never take the cheapest answer if it's that uncomfortable. <laughs> like $3,500. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doubling. Well, I'm doubling and this my is budget. the R, right? Yes. Okay. So it's even more. It's a little more because I could have saved. Well, no, but you, you have the blingy. You have the blingy uh, gold and black. Well, it just works out that this one is really close. It's only 30 minutes away. And I'd rather go 30 minutes than four hours, which is the closest one. Three hours north. I really don't want to go that far if I can find one that's, uh, you know, same price. And Sure. Yeah. yeah, same price, of course. 30 minutes. But if there is a good deal... I am absolutely certain that you will travel for it. I <laughs> There's would. no doubt in my mind. I would. This is a pretty good deal. I think this is as good as I'm going to get for what it is. Um, it's just hard to find used R's that aren't $8,000. I mean, their going rate is, it, the resale value is really high. And there aren't yeah. enough. There just aren't very many used R's. There are used non-R's. There's, I've found a lot actually. I found a lot for less, but I didn't want to settle for those. So spend a little more money, but, um, whatever. I, I love my SV. I, no, no, you don't. One. I, it was a love and hate relationship. I there was a it. lot of hate going on there. There was a lot of hate, but there was more love for it. That's why I hung on to it for so long. I mean, I still really, it's just. <sighs> Maybe the first one. There was a lot of yes. love for the first one. No, but this one, one in Philly that you had, no. There was just hate from the beginning. Well, it wasn't as good as my <laughs> first one, you know. Oh, like, you said it was better. Let's let's just scroll back to all the discussions yeah, about why you got a second SV. <laughs> cheap. I'm looking forward to it was Joanne cheap. being stoked about this triumph and not having anything bad to say about it. <laughs> I shouldn't. There shouldn't be. It's in great shape. Yeah. It's maybe really except good... what heated grips. You might want to have to install some heated grips on that bad boy. I will. We have a spare set, so I'm going to install them very quickly. Um awesome. yeah. No, it's definitely going on there and yeah, I've got things to install for sure. Can you flat foot that? No. No, I can't flat foot anything. <laughs> is it just so? What is it? Uh, one foot down? 
one pretty, foot up. One foot flat, but actually, I'm. Uh, it's the same height for me as the SV was. So okay. two two balls of my feet. Yeah, two balls or one flat left. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. I think. I mean, I haven't sat on this one yet, so we'll find out. But the last one I sat on, it was uh, 20, I think 11. It was fine. It actually felt smaller. It wow. felt it felt lower than the last SV. So I don't know. We'll so, see. So the last time when you when you rode a supermotor, I think it was in San Francisco. You were mentioning the tire size will increase the height of a motorcycle. It can. Like is you know. is there any kind of dimension that they give you when you purchase a tire that would give you that inkling? Because pretty much after it's installed on your bike, you're committed to it. So I'm just thinking, like, let's say you ride this. Um, triumph around for a little bit and then you need new tires yeah. would you have to look into some sort of dimension to figure out whether or not it's going to completely throw you off I mean I'm not saying you're not competent enough to like tack on another inch but if it was substantial I bet, how do you prevent that I bet there is like I bet there's some technical specifications where you could look at because there's a lot of markings on tires you can if you yeah. look closely it'll tell you manufacture dates even month and year um, so I bet there is, uh, I've never really thought about that. Honestly, the last couple times it's happened to me, it only affected me like a quarter of an inch. It wasn't like anything hairball. So I'm not worried. I've never even really thought about it just because frankly, our speed triples really tall. Like that is nothing's going to be as tall as that. Like this this bike will certainly be better than that, and if it and that's all I really, I care about. I mean, <laughs> all I really care about is having a better motorcycle than my husband. <laughs> no, a smaller motorcycle than that. I can't wait to hear yeah. how Evan took your your bike out, and then you were left oh, with I'm the street triple. I'm sure he'd like it. The, the thing is, he he I'm sure he would love having one, but he also loves having the leader power. Like he, after he upgraded to the 955, he's like, I can't go back down to any, I just like having that power. So that's the, I think one of the only reasons he didn't want a street because he just liked having a little more horsepower because that bike is 130 horsepower and I think mine will be 105. So it's a considerable increase in power. It, it is, it, that thing is, it's awesome. But uh, I'm excited to, I, I would I, love to hear how Evan stole your bike to go out riding for a weekend, because I think that in all he fairness, might. it's totally time. Yeah, it's not my fault he doesn't go out riding as much as I do. Hey, I don't, I don't make these decisions for him. He's he's free no, to ride. No, I just ride. get a good chuckle when <laughs> I see you on the green machine. Well, I I didn't have anything, so what choice do I have? And, you know, and Monday's you know, and Monday's a work day. What is he going to do? He has to go to work. But uh. <laughs> And he doesn't have any warm gear. He has no winter weight clothing. All of his gear uh, is spring hook, leathers. Hook him up. Hook him up. Oh, you yeah. work for you work for I Rapsilla. keep telling him. I'm like, you know, we need to get you some winter gear. He's like, I don't ride enough. I'm like, well, you still ride sometimes when it's cold. Why not just, we can get you an inexpensive, you don't have to spend $2,000 on climb. You know, we can can just go like something really light and easy and he's just like uh, I don't know it's weird like that but yeah, yeah I'm sure he'll totally want to take the 
triple first spin because at least it's a better suspension and his main complaint about the old the svs both of them is the suspension rightly so the suspension sucks so he yeah. never wanted to ride it because it was just not it just wasn't balanced right and um he never he just didn't like how it handled other than that he thought it was there were both great bikes but the suspensions were just terrible so i'm sure he'll love this one i now we can trade off, you know, we go on trips and things. Yeah, but now, I just look forward to seeing yeah. pictures of Evan, like, with sure. this shit-eating grin taking yeah, off on your motorcycle. Sure, I don't care. <laughs> he totally can. I, I don't mind. <laughs> you know, he's got a great bike that I can ride, so I, I don't... <laughs> I want him to. He needs. He doesn't ride enough. I mean, I, he just doesn't want to ride as much as I do, I guess. You know? good problem to have i suppose he's a weekend warrior but uh yeah like whenever you know like i hate you know i have meetup groups and people that i'll go off riding with that it, you know just because i feel like going to, to socialize with people and that's just not his mo you know like i don't know i mean i'm not an extrovert so i don't it's not that i like going out every night or going out to ride every weekend you know I'm pretty selective but I certainly like to initiate these things more than he does like I've already got two rides group rides planned for us in April April on Easter and then two weeks later we're gonna go riding again with a bunch of strangers that he doesn't know hell I don't know and I only know like two of them do but um you know it's, just, it's fun so so tell See? people how they can find your meetup group. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, you can find us on meetup.com slash Philly Moto Girls. And it is a women-specific writing group, so only women can be members. However, you can absolutely bring your significant others, partners, whatever, with you on rides. Even to the social meetups, the monthly, we do a little dinner once a month. Um, but to be a member and RSVP, you have to be a lady who rides a motorcycle. So I'm at a, I think we're at 18, a whopping 18 members. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I'm lucky before you, summer end, we'll have 30. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I'm lucky, we'll get 200, like my last one. Hoping to find more. So yes, come join us. Go riding. So thank you for joining us on another episode yes. of the Motorific Podcast. If you're just now tuning in, you can find us on either iTunes or you can find us through our website at motorific.com. As well, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, and I believe we're under the Motorific Podcast on Facebook, mm -hmm. as well as individually on Twitter as gear chick or adv goddess and on instagram as also gear chick and motorific media one word See you later. bye